You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Where does DeAndre Hopkins rank among the NFL's best wide receivers? A six-time Pro Bowl receiver and former Super Bowl champion made his top ten list. We're going to find out where he put Hopkins Discuss that and hear from Texans assistant coaches Mike Devlin, Anthony Midget, and new senior defensive assistant coach John Pagano in today's show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast alongside my partner and co-host Brian Patterson from House of Houston. Thanks for jumping on the Locked On Texans podcast, your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. We're part of the FanRag Sports Network. Well, NFL.com analyst Reggie Wayne, remember him from his days with the Colts? He came out with a list of his top 10 NFL wide receivers. And Brian, where do you think he had DeAndre Hopkins on his list? I I honestly think that he would have him ranked up pretty high. But uh, let's talk about where he actually put him, which was at number four, which actually is going to be pretty right um, as far as his performance. Let's look at the pro football focus numbers first, guys. Yeah, your top performer and wide receiver was Antonio Brown last season with a 93.7. That was his number one. His number two was Julio Jones. Is that next? No, he was actually number three on Pro Football Focus right behind Michael Thomas with the Saints. 91.4 with Julio Jones. And then the number three guy on his list was uh, Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ. OBJ was not effective uh, when he was out there. Uh, He had a 51.6 Pro Football Focus grade. Uh, but he only played four games. He started twice, 302 yards, 25 receptions, 41 targets. Uh, tried to be a little productive out there with 12 point yards, 12.1 yards per catch and three touchdowns. But, yeah, obviously injuries played a role, and Reggie Wayne is seeing that, that he knows the wide receiving best than anybody, you know, with him being legendary. So I, I would put Odell Beckham back up at the top again. Yeah, last year's – Odell Beckham, it's just, I mean, it's almost worthless to even kind of take numbers away from him from last year. You know, of course, like I said, Nuke Hopkins comes in at number four, then A.J. Green, number five. Keenan Allen with the Chargers, number six, a guy that you don't think too much of. Maybe if you think of the top ten ten wide receivers. Then he has Mike Evans, the the Galveston product, with the Buccaneers at number seven. Michael Thomas uh, with the Saints, number eight. Stephon Diggs, number nine with the Vikes. And number 10, staying in the AFC South, Ty Hilton, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I say Ty, T.Y., T.Y. Hilton at number 10. And <laughs> what he said about DeAndre Hopkins at number four, it just uh, it gives a little blurb on each guy. He says, Hopkins improves every year and makes the catches that most wideouts can only dream of making. He's already shown that what he can do with backup, non-proven quarterbacks, but I want to see the connection between Hopkins and starting QB Deshaun Watson grow as Watson returns from injury this year, this duo has the potential to be one of the NFL's best QB wide receiver do- combos. And 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 Brian, I mean, I think Antonio Brown. It's pretty, it's pretty much a no no brainer that he's number one. Then from then on, I don't know about you. I think it's that point where you really can start to get into an argument two, three, and four, and where DeAndre Hopkins could could jump in this part. Oh, very true. But when you look at D Hop's performance, out of all these guys, uh, out of the top, um, he's he has the most touchdowns. He has 13 touchdowns to his credit, uh, 14.4 yards uh, uh, per catch, 1,378 yards. 
he was targeted more than any other uh, receiver out there. He also has more snaps than any of those receivers in the top mentioned. So the guy is a workhorse. And uh, But to rank him number four ahead for this season, I would say that's pretty accurate. But there's no reason why he couldn't make those numbers go up further with the full season, hopefully, of Deshaun Watson. If you looked at their career, I'm going to just tell you this. If you flip-flop a Julio Jones or an Odell Beckham Jr. with the quarterbacks that the Texans have had to run out there, you know, that they've got Matt Ryan and Eli Manning. You can say whatever you want to about Eli Manning. We know what the Texans have had outside of Deshaun Watson the first few years of D-Hop's career. Uh, it's it's hard to argue that those two guys are definitely ahead of D-Hop. I mean, what, I, I'd love to see what the difference is um, if, if you switched them around and, and if, if D-Hop would just roll right by those guys, especially Odell Beckham. Just the consistency. I know he's a great athlete, but the consistency that Hopkins has on a game-by-game basis, it's pretty impressive. Uh, but you know, I mean, these are all greats. It's, it, you're really, uh, you're picking gnats here. I mean, it's just, uh, you're trying to figure out just the hair here, the hair difference there. When you're talking about these guys, they're all fantastic, all potential future hall of famers. If they can stay healthy. I, I think Deandre Hopkins has room to improve even more uh, from where he was last season. You know, Antonio Brown's going to be the favorite because man, the guy averaged 109.5 yards per game during the season. And that's that's a record for him uh, in his career. You know, it's just, you know, awesome to be talking about all this greatness and that the fact that he could improve uh, even more. But it's definitely something we'll have to keep our eye on. All right. Uh, if you, By the way, if you want to uh, email us about this and let us know what you think, it's LockedOnTexans at Mail.com. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you think, where D-Hop should be ranked. Uh, let's, let's check out uh, the assistant coaches spoke to the media last week and In our show uh, from last week, we heard from QB coach Sean Ryan, wide receiver coach John Perry. Go check it out. It was our last one of the week. See uh, what they they had to say. It was interesting. But one guy I definitely wanted to hear from when I was out there last week was O-line coach Mike Devlin. It was a group dynamic, so everybody could jump in on the Devlin conversation. But you'll hear me get in a couple of questions towards the end. The first question Devlin was asked was, how did he try to bring this group together? Part of this whole off season was like bringing them together, making them talk, making them, you know, at a barbecue and have them come over to my house, and you know that together this you need as a unit. So that's part of it, and then obviously the system, and then uh, this time of the year, and then the technique. So those are the three things that are going on right now. So to me, if if, I, if we can get these guys all five playing together for this team, uh, for each other, and uh, you know fighting on that same page then you, you got a chance. What do you think about Henderson? I think he's the largest human being I've ever seen. He has really good feet. Really good feet. And I, what does he have to do to get back to the way he played when he started 26? I think he just needs to, to, to play for all 16 games, you know. He just needs that, that time. He needs, uh, you know, hasn't played a lot of football. I think these practices have been invaluable. And, you know, he's. I think he's uh, so far – uh, accepted all the, the coaching and how we're doing things and being a Texan and what's that all about. And so, um, so been, again, I've been, I've been pleased with how they've been working. What did you learn last year from either just all the moving pieces or just having a quarterback like Deshaun that you've taken into this year? Yeah, so, um, you know, it was the third year in a row of the moving pieces. So that I've learned every year here, you have to have position flex. I, you know, that's why you go get a Zach Fulton. Right, as Greg Mans can play multiple, you know, really they all can. You have to because that's what it comes down to. 
I learned that Deshaun Watson made made uh, us uh, a much better offensive line we were for that six eight weeks. And why is that? Because uh, what he does, uh, his capability, uh, his effect on the defense uh, can slow guys down a little bit, and the things you can do with them can help you, uh, you know, get an advantage at some point. Is there a difficulty with you know having trying to get these guys that are all very versatile? To be proficient at one spot, is that something that's a danger when you're trying to build an offensive line? You know, I just think if you look back, you only can have seven up for a game, so you have to have position flex. Have to, this day and age. It was a rare thing when I was with uh, uh, the Jets. I kind of had the same guys the whole time. And, you know, when I came here, it's been it's been different <laughs> every year. So what I've learned is you better have guys who can play multiple. So... You know, it takes it takes a unique guy that can play both and handle in different different positions. But that's what we kind of uh, that's what like you know um, you know Coach O'Brien. That's where uh, you know Brian Gain all try to stay and try to. That's where they try to go out and, and look for those guys. Is there anything that you have to change as a coach as far as teaching these guys anything different technique-wise with the new helmet rules and, and what they've changed? Uh, not, not so far. I'm still researching. They haven't came back with the full what, what some of the areas that, that will be affected by that. But so far, I haven't heard from an offensive line standpoint. You know, they, they've already, uh, you know, adjusted the cut block. You know, so um, for us, you know, last couple of years. But as far as... Uh, uh, with the head down, um, I'm trying to think. You know, I'm just wondering how they'll take uh, short yardage and goal line. You know, just waiting to hear back on those those type of those type of areas how they'll view those things. Did you think last year that um, Nick was uh, maybe tiring out a little bit midway through the season with uh, being his first full year in the NFL? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was a learning. It was a rookie year essentially. You know, so I think he was learning. Uh, learning getting better every week and he's a good communicator and I'm looking forward for him uh, coming back what do you what do you think of Zach Fulton and what you've seen from him yeah I mean it's, it's been a, a really good pickup for us he can play center he can play guard he's tough he's uh, kind of bring your lunch pail to work type of guy so I think he fits our mold for sure once again, that's O-line coach Mike Devlin we got a couple thoughts on what Devlin had to say in a bit but first Brian I know you got something to talk about that's way more important to some of our listeners out there than an O-line play. Who cares about that? You got something good. I do, yeah. And guys, listen up. It's something important. Have you had trouble getting in the red zone? Well, I've got some advice for you to get your pylon where it needs to be. Oh, brother. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Bluetooth.com. That's like blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients such as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they worked. It's prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no in-person's doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. It cures a mighty, mighty large disease among us men, so I recommend you try it today. 
Brian, let's get a little bit back to what Mike Devlin had to say. And, you know, I want to get your thoughts. I guess the first thing that uh, we got to mention is, hey, Mike Devlin's having a barbecue over at his place. I need to start asking the offensive lineman about Mike Devlin's barbecue game. I'm, I'm curious now. Yeah, let, how how's he doing with that? And I'm glad that's it's good. He's he's trying to put together some unity. You know, he's working on technique. You know, he's he, he talked about the, you know the buzzword, the keyword about this Texas team is versatility. And you asked a question about you know how important it is. You know, in terms of having a player that's special and good at one specific thing, he said, no, not in this, not on this team. You have to be able to play multiple positions. He didn't use the word versatility, though. He used flex positions. I like the way he said it. And um, so, you know, he is just worried about, and about Chantrell Henderson, just like with everybody else, we're worried, um, you know, if he's going to be available for 16 games, he wants him to be there aside for the fact of his girth out there. So um, as far as the role changes, you know, he was asked about that. He's just clueless like the rest of us. It's going to be one of those things where when the games are played, we'll see how it looks. Yeah, it's interesting. He still doesn't even know exactly some of the rules. You know, you got, yeah. we're, we're just months away, a couple months away from the season and training camp and everything, and they're still trying to figure this thing out. It's, it's, I've never seen an offseason where the rules have been so up in the air as this offseason. Nobody really knows how this is going to look. Now, you have a lot of guys, you know, projecting, hey, this is how it's going to look. But, you know, you've got head coaches wondering, well, we, we, we don't have all the consensus yet. We need to see how this is going to work. So, yeah, they may it may be training camp when they're actually working on this, maybe late uh, or to mid training camp by the time they get it down. And I'm not buying this whole Nick Martin is uh, not wearing down a little bit last year. What I saw was a guy that just looked like he wasn't the same, you know, halfway through the season as he was at the beginning of the season. I just I don't I don't buy it. I mean, I, you know. Maybe he's seen some different on tape than I am, but that's not what we were seeing last year. He definitely got worse, and if he didn't get worse because he was tiring out, then that concerns me too because the league was figuring him out really quick in that case. His pro football focus numbers through the season, he was in the high 50s, but as the season wore on, he kept slipping, and you know he finished up uh, at, at the high 40s as far as his pro football focus grade. So obviously the fatigue, you know, just the grind of going through a 16-game season got to him. So um, there's a lot of truth to that, to what you just said. All right, let's hear from one of the new Texans assistant coaches, John Pagano. Now, for those of you who might not remember or you didn't know to the begin with, he's the new Texans defensive assistant and outside linebackers coach. Uh, he came over from the Raiders, but he's a 22-year NFL vet, spent time with the Saints, the Colts, the Chargers, a vast majority of that time with San Diego, really, from 2002 to 2016, we asked him to start with who his favorite player he coached was when he when he was with the Chargers, or who who, which, who was his favorite player when he coached with the Chargers, I should say. Defense, you'd have to go. You know, I didn't get a great opportunity to coach him, but being on defense with Junior Seau, uh, guys I've coached, the Joey Boses, the Sean Merrimans, uh, Melvin Ingram, just uh, some, some really outstanding players to see not only uh, how they prepared in the offseason, but their work ethic during the season. I... I think you get guys like that that play hard with great effort. It's you know it's they're hard to stop. If they stay healthy here, which they couldn't do last year, but if they do, what do you think this front seven's? Well, I think this front seven's uh, very talented. You see when they're healthy. Injuries are part of the game. You got to overcome them. Uh, but our big key is staying healthy and keep training this off season and um, 
you know, that's that's probably the number one key is staying healthy so you can play 16 games. Exciting is an opportunity like this for you, getting guys like Clowney, merciless to coach there at the forefront of that group. Oh, it's great. It's, it's outstanding. Anytime you get a talented guys like this and, and just being able to also not only be a coach them, but to pick their brains on certain things of what they've learned and playing the game and what they see out there, I think that's very important as a coach to keep growing in this profession. Based off what you've seen on tape over the last few years and what you've seen this spring, what, what, are, your, uh, what are your thoughts on Ifama Kamala and, and what he might be able to do? Uh, still developing, you know, really developing at that outside spot. I know they've uh, he's changed positions, I think, here yeah, a couple times, but he's growing in the position. Uh, he's big, physical. No pads on right now, but you can see his presence. Uh, you know, he's got rush ability. That I think it helped him last year, the opportunity to go out there and play the reps that he played. And you keep growing from that. And I think it's something that you could tell he's getting better as as each day goes on. This new helmet rule, is, is there anything that you early on have realized that you might need to change as far as uh, how these... Well, I think have... you've got to teach them. You've got to teach them keeping the head out of it. I think it's important. It's not something that you can sit here and say, I, my, my boys play football. Uh, I have a son that plays football, and I think it's very important for him to keep his head out of the game. And I think it's something that we've uh, taught. I think it's been taught for a long time, you know. I, I remember going to my dad's youth football camps of guys telling me to keep my head out of it and keep your neck up, keep see your target, being able to see those things. And I think it's important for our game, and you have to coach it, and we've got to teach it that way. And it's, it's up to the players when they're out there playing at a fast-paced speed of the game to really truly understand that. And I think... If you keep stressing it day in and day out, it'll it will uh, you know become second nature for them. You think the players are open to this? They, they, oh, I they think go. you have to be. You have to be. It's it's part of our game, and it's something just you know we got to you lead with your shoulder, you know lead with don't lead with your head. Keep the head out of the game, and we'll be you know you'll be fine. That was Texans' new senior defensive assistant coach, John Pagano, who's probably in line to take over for Romeo as defensive coordinator in the next couple of years, you'd think. Any thoughts on what he had to say, Brian? Anything that jumps out at you? Yeah, and that, and that was one of my first assessments. You know, this is this guy is gonna is grooming to be uh, his successor when he gets ready to hang it up. So you got that there. And uh, I like what he said about Yafumba Kamalu, that I, I think that they're still going to invest in him. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to be cut. Um, you know, he talked about his rush ability, you know, with his reps that he got in late in the season because the guys were getting hurt. He's still developing. So it really sounds like they he's high on uh, Kamalu because he can play two multiple positions. Talked about teaching how it's important to make sure that you lead in with your shoulder uh, instead of uh, with your head and your neck. Uh, you know, it's just the right thing to do. And good follow up question you asked about how are the guys responding to to some something like this you know he's not going to give you he's not going to give you the gold as far as well i know this player he's he's not you know working he's not trying to uh he, he seems like he's very much against this rule i mean but he at least gave you some information about you know how you know this is he said this is going to work this has to work because these are the rules so uh, he talked about that there. And that's what I got about uh, John Pagano. It looks like, it sounds like to me, he's still kind of getting a feel for what a linebacker's coach would do with the Houston Texans. He was in a different regime, and now he's with Bill O'Brien. He still 
sound like he's learning his way, but he wants to add his signature to this particular position. Yeah, I keep asking that question because it just seems like it's going to be such a big deal this year, these new rules. Yeah. You know, you yeah. just you, you hope maybe they give you something that's interesting, a different angle or whatever. I, I I think maybe, you know, like you talked about, I think like these guys talked about that they they're not able to tell us anything because they still are feeling it out themselves. It's a feeling out process and and so forth. So anyway, uh, we're going to hear from one more assistant coach in just a bit. But first, this reminder, if you're enjoying Lockdown Texans, tell your friends, let them know they can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Spotify, most anywhere you'll find your favorite podcast. If you'd like to check out more podcasts from our National Locked On Network, go to LockedOnSports.com, our new Locked On Network website. We have podcasts for nearly every NFL and NBA team. You got the Locked On NFL Draft Show, the Locked On NFL Show. So a couple of really good national ones to listen to when you're not listening to us. It's all on LockedOnSports.com. That's LockedOnSports.com. Time to hear from our very last assistant coach, defensive backs coach, Anthony Midget. When I say last, it's the last one I had a chance to, to talk to. He's in his fifth year with the Texans, but this year he moved from assistant defensive back coach to the defensive backs coach. He started his NFL career as a player, a fifth round pick uh, by the Falcons in 2000, spent a couple of years in the league before getting into college coaching. Let's hear a little from him. And the first thing he was asked about was Tyron Matthew and his desire to understand the intricacies of his new spot, at least new this year as a full-time, that's all he's doing spot. I'm talking about the safety position. Well, it's been good because we communicated that and we talked about it, how he just wanted to, you know, really just learn the ins and outs of the position. That's good for me with a guy that's been in the league this long time, still willing to learn and work on his craft. So that's been a positive going forward. And he's put in the time just to get better, and he's gotten so much better since we started this offseason. It must be nice having everybody back and healthy again, Kevin Johnson being one of those guys. And Bill had talked about how he seems like he's playing with more patience. What is something that he needs to do this year to sort of get himself back to where he was a few years ago? Um, That's what we talked about just him being patient and then the main thing right now he's focusing with Luke and those guys in the weight room and just by staying we just got to keep him healthy and he knows that and um, Kevin has put in the work he's had a good offseason he's you know been been on 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 point with what we're asking to do in the offseason and he has been working on his patience and is showing in OTAs. Johnson's mostly been uh, a cornerback uh, no more for special teams than a cornerback what do you think he can do as a cornerback? How do you think uh, he can add to this group? Batamosa? Yeah. Oh, he's been doing a good job. Um, Johnson, he, he brings some physicality and also a guy that has some playing experience that played with the Patriots last year, played in the Super Bowl. So anytime you can add a guy like that with some experience of playing at the highest level, um, that's good for our room. It was defensive backs coach Anthony Midget talking about Johnson Batamosi at the end there. I realized after I asked that last question, you can't just say Johnson anymore because it be, could, could be Kevin Johnson, could be Johnson Batamosi. Uh, Brian, uh, anything stand out from those couple of questions to Midget? I mean, when I, I did the interview, I just want to remind everybody, it was crazy. It was like a madhouse in there. So you're trying to get uh, who you can get in the 15 minutes or so that they give you. And they're all, they're throwing you, throwing us all these guys at the same time. So not a ton from Anthony Midget. But maybe there was something that you could, that you could get out of that. Right. Johnson and Johnson. Hell, it could be Andre Johnson, you know, talking about how things were uh, back in the day, you know. So you definitely have to be specific um, about which Johnson that you're talking about. But, you know, some of the things I got of of what Midget said was that, you know, Tyron Matthew still willing to learn, willing to get better. 
You know, he knows he's good, but yet there's always something that he can improve on. And that's what impressed him the most. Uh, Kevin Johnson's patience, you know, going going in the weight room. That's most important. How are they going to make sure that he stays healthy and not get hurt throughout the season? Maybe it was the, the training program and they've got a new staff to help him out with that. I mean, at least he said that he had a good offseason. So hopefully that translates to a good training camp uh, and also going into the season. What he said about Batamosi, um, he said he was very physical and, and just left it at that, which means that he is not going to be playing cornerback that much this season. I promise <laughs> you that. <laughs> if he's that short with it, he didn't go in description of how he's going to use him. No, no, he's not going to use them all that much there because we have so much depth. Well, I'm hoping some air conditioning might blow through Houston, Brian, because uh, the next three <laughs> days I'm going to be outside at mini camp. I assume they're all going to be outside. It's It looks like it's mid-90s, uh, not a lot of cloud cover, but I'll be out there trying to check things out. Uh planning to be out there at least for the next three days uh, unless something goes wrong, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Last chance to really see them. Uh, before they come back to Houston after training camp in West Virginia, uh, they're going to hit a little bit of their own air conditioning up there. But uh, they, they're lucky; they're getting out of this one with only one more week. Yeah, they're going to—it's going to get bad though because you 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 do come back to Houston and you still got a few days where you got to work outside uh, before the start of the season and and in August, uh, your favorite time of year to be outside in Houston. But uh, Looking forward to it, Brian. Minicamp just around the corner, like just tomorrow. We're doing it tomorrow. And Rob, I think you're, you're sending up a prayer because I'm looking at the forecast and I, I don't see how, where those clouds are coming from, but you could just hope <laughs> that they're coming out there and uh, and just hopefully that you get you guys get in the bubble at least for a little while so that way you could get some relief from this heat. But, uh, you know, have, hope hope everything goes well out there man it's it's going to be a high of 92 it probably will be by the time uh you guys are done with practice oh my goodness so uh yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see though as far as what progresses and uh look forward to talking about it when you come back maybe there's going to be a signing of a safety in the next few days with the the Dre Hal stuff uh so we're going to keep an eye on that uh what the Texans might be doing in, in lieu of uh, Dre Hal going, um, I guess, uh, I, I don't know what where, what list he's going to end up on with all of this stuff, but I would assume it's going to be the pup list here pretty soon, uh, probably injured reserve or something like that. I, it's just, it's hard for me to imagine him making a comeback uh, by the end of the year. I mean, is that, would that be nuts to, for, for him to even try to come back before the end of the season? That would be in the next few months. I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not going to put any estimate on that because you, you don't know what the recovery is for something like that. Uh, but, yeah, they keep him on the roster. Keep him on the roster as long as you possibly can. Continue to pay him because it's not his fault. Uh, but, you know, if, if you want to be optimistic, hopefully we could see him sometime this season. But uh, I really do feel that this is going to be a long road for him. But I really do feel he's going to get back out here as a Houston Texan. As a Houston Texan specifically, he will be back. Brother, I hope it doesn't take as long as it took Quisenberry for him to get back. I bless him and his family. Way, way too long for him. I want to remind everybody, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, email us at LockedOnTexans at Mail.com. It's all in the show description. If you forget any of that information, we always love hearing from you. So email us a question, record an audio message, whatever. Just want to hear from you. We're definitely going to answer that type of stuff on the show. 
We want your voice to be a part of the conversation. Locked on Texans at mail.com. We're going to drill it into you until we start getting some emails from you guys. Brian's got it all covered on house. If Houston, a fan site affiliate. Yeah, the Rockets are over with, but hey, the fun just begins. The LeBron chase just begins. He's talking talking about it on houseofhouston.com. Me and RG, every week we've been talking about this. Once again, this week we put up another podcast talking about it on my Houston Sports Talk podcast. Remember, that one is everywhere you're going to find your your basic podcast, iTunes and everywhere else, Stitcher, TuneIn, etc. When you're done listening, don't forget, uh, we haven't heard from anybody in a long time. We'd love to hear somebody uh, write something up on iTunes. So rate us, uh, write something up, tell us what you think. Uh, what you might suggest, we'll definitely take it to heart. Tomorrow, like I said, the start of minicamp, and I can go out there for three days and talk about it for three days and tell you what's going on, not just once a week. So I'm excited about that for sure. That's all we got for this one, though. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. (laughs) 